0: Okay. okay, all right, Matthew chapter 4. Let's get some scriptures. Uh, Brian is going to read uh, Matthew 4, 8 through 11. Nathan, read Matthew 4, verse 8. Uh, Jake, Matthew 20, 25. Uh, Lambonius, Psalm 2, 8. And uh, David, Matthew 4, 10. Okay, we've been looking at uh, the temptations of ministry. And this is Jesus just before he uh, entered into public ministry. um, He went through, he met the devil, met him in the wilderness and had a number of temptations. So I think these are symbolic of things that every disciple... Every man who wants to be a man of God, he's going to have to face these four issues. Today's the final one. We're going to talk about power and glory. Matthew 4, verse 8 through 11. Again, the devil took him up upon the exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Okay, power and glory. Let's think about this. Let's talk about the temptation of, of uh, power. You know that in the first, um, the first two temptations that we had, The devil used a phrase and that was if you be the son of God. And so there was a challenge we talked about uh, challenging your identity, challenging your validity or your right uh, to uh, function. I want you to notice in this scripture he does not. He does not make that statement. That's not how the temptation uh, begins. And so... What, what's, what it, it seems to be indicating is that Jesus has made it clear it, it's not He is going to be an obedient son and an uh, obedient servant. So, in this temptation, Jesus, who has made it clear that He is going to do right, the devil actually appeals to his desire to do right. And uses that as a temptation. Matthew 4.8 Again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. Okay. So think about this. The This has to do first of all with power. And uh, uh, the kingdoms of this world. And all their splendor. Literally he's showing him power that could be uh, available. So. Jesus is just about to enter into ministry and so what the devil is tempting him here, the temptation sometimes is to use ministry itself, which is good. If you're going to be involved in in a ministry of some kind, you're going to be in a band or drama, you're going to preach in the concert, you're going to even all the way up to pastoring, the temptation... The devil's not saying... Don't do that. Deal drugs. That's not the temptation. The temptation is use ministry for your own personal purposes. So, part of this has to do with our ego. Shows him the word is the splendor uh, uh, of the the kingdom. Splendor literally has to do with uh, it's another Bible word that's glory. It means to shine. It means to to get attention or to bring praise and so one of the temptations of ministry is that we want things honestly you know yeah yeah i'm doing it all for jesus you know all you got to do is at the end lift your finger and show that it's for jesus but in actual fact if i do that everybody will be looking at me in south africa when i was a pastor there uh, they had a bumper sticker and it was, all eyes on me. And so that—that's there's something in us, we want attention. So if I can in some way, ministry is a way where everyone will be looking at me, will be talking about me. And so ministry then, the temptation is, you simply reduce ministry to your own ego. Power. One of the real temptations of ministry is to use your position to have power over people. Matthew 20:25. 20, but Jesus called them to himself and said, "You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and that those who are great exercise authority over them." Okay, so he says he says in the natural world what you have is people who get in positions of power and he says they lord it over. They want to rule Uh, over people or in other words my position means I get to tell people what to do I get to use people I get to have people do stuff for me why are they going to do stuff for me because of my position and uh, and and so this is this is something this is uh, uh, not though some of you have only been ever impressed get this is not how we operate here is that I do not view because I'm the pastor I have this incredible pool of people who can wash my car and and uh, run errands for me and and do stuff for me. I, I have uh, someone worked at, at the house the other day and I uh, and I I paid and uh, and I I made a statement. I don't I don't do freebies. I don't I don't have people because I'm the pastor. You will come work at my house because of my position. You will do things for me. That and so. That is a real temptation because you have people who will, I have people who offer and are willing, but that's a danger. That is something that's not healthy and I don't view ministry in that way. Money, when he says that he says the splendor of the, the kingdoms and uh, so this is the shine in some way of money or of, of wealth. This is one of the temptations of ministry is basing your ministry on money. We have guys that I have offered them opportunities in ministry, and they want to know what is the pay package and the bonus structure and the dental. You know, is there dental care for my dogs and you know whatever <laughs> it, it might be. So, so in other words, you're going to base your ministry on money. That's going to be the sole motivating factor. Is the splendor of this world, or or we have, and and thankfully it's it's a a, a rare p- uh, thing, but. Occasionally, uh, I have uh, I get complaints of people. They're using their position to get money from people. Mm-hmm. Is uh, they're going to borrow money from people? There will never come a time where I'm going to come and borrow money from you. And uh, and and that is something that gets it into and causes great problems when the pastor has borrowed money from somebody and it's always for a good cause, you know. And then they don't pay it back. So then they they are mad at God or they're mad at the fellowship because they think that's what we do. So that's that's a, a temptation or or another another way this is a temptation is is when you base your decisions on what you do with people, on money. So this is uh, this is one of the traps of of uh, 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 pastors who they get people who come in who are good givers and then one of them's a fornicator. Or some they in some way have to be dealt with, but this is human nature. What people do, and especially if they've ever come from a church background, is if the pastor says anything I don't like, I stop giving. I'm going to punish him until he. So it's like, well, uh, okay, he's a devil and he fornicated, but uh, it didn't involve animals or children, so we'll just let it go. So he'll keep on giving, and and so you're going to base decisions on uh, on money. And so this is one of the temptations. So the devil is not saying don't minister. The temptation is ministry becomes about you. And that is the first part of the temptation. Second part of the temptation is the temptation of compromise. Compromise. So. Jesus, in the two previous temptations, already made it clear, I'm going to do right. I I want the Father's will. I'm not going to go against the Father's will. I want to be an obedient son, an obedient servant. So, in this temptation, what the devil offers him is what you would get eventually by doing right. Okay, so think about this. Psalm 2, verse 8. This is, speaking about Jesus Christ in the Old Testament of prophecy. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Okay, so, God's will was that Jesus possess the nations. Right? Everything in the earth that will belong to you. So, so the the temptation here is how you get what you're ultimately going to have is by compromising. So, lowering your standards. He says, look, you, uh, uh, he's, you don't have to reject God completely. You don't have to worship the devil forever. You don't even have to do it publicly. We're all alone. We're out in the desert. If you would just bow down here and now, that will give you all of the good things that God wants you to have anyway, right? Doesn't he want you to have influence in the world? So, th- so think about what he's offering in the, in the temptation. Is He's telling him, number one, you can have what God wants, but you can have it faster. This is destiny without waiting. That's the first part. Secondly, you can have what God wants Easier. The way to the will of God is the way of the cross. It's going to cost you something. Satan is offering you could bypass the cross. No cross. We're running a sale today. Special. And that is that you could have destiny with, and it won't cost you uh, anything. And then the third part of the temptation is it doesn't matter how you get there As long as you get there, we say, what's the saying? The end (coughs) justifies the means. So it doesn't matter if you stand for right. You'll have more people and more money. I mean, isn't that the point of ministry is to have more people? Have more money? It doesn't matter how you get it. As long as you can do good... With it, we met in um, uh, in South Africa. We There were no buildings in a township area. This is a, a poverty area where we were. There were no buildings to, to rent, to have church, so we had to we actually bought a piece of land and set up a tent. So we met for years uh, in a tent, and I'm going to tell you, <coughs> tents, uh, you know, it's okay. It does the job for conference couple times a year, meeting in a tent day after day, every single day, really gets old. And so I had uh, someone, they, they uh, said this guy, uh, he wants to talk to you, wants you to come to his house, Pastor. And I said, who is he? And they, and they said, he's he's one of the local drug dealers. He's a, a, a guy who started as a drug dealer and now he's branched out. He's got some legitimate businesses uh, maybe and so he wants to see us I was like what what is that about and so I went around to his house and so by Eldorado Park Standard this guy had a mansion so I come into his mansion and his servant goes off to make us tea and so the guy tells us he says I had a dream and in the dream uh, God told me that I was going to die Unless I build a church building. And God told me that if I would build a church building within one year, then I won't die. So He says, I will build you a building, I will pay for it. As long as you will promise me that you'll build it within one year. Because the drug dealers are very superstitious, they're involved in witchcraft. So now think about this. I'm meeting in a tent. This is, this is getting old. One one night I'm preaching and lightning struck. The pole. <laughs> I'm, I'm going tell you, the sermon is over. We're going home right now. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> we want a building. We don't have the money for the building. And this guy says, I will pay for it. You can start straight away. and so I told him no no I'm not interested in your money and so instead I witnessed to him told him about Jesus he was very very disappointed that I didn't fall for that because it was a trap is the word would have spread throughout the neighborhood the potter's house is the church owned by the drug dealer so I said no yeah, we're gonna have a building, but not by you. And we did. So this is this is one of the, the t- this, that's just a practical way that that uh, temptation of compromise works out. It doesn't matter how we get the money. So you do it by ruining people's lives and theft. Well, it's all for a good cause, right? No, that's not that's not acceptable. Thirdly, let's talk about overcoming the temptation. So, (coughs) Jesus did not give in to this temptation just like he did to the other two. You overcome this temptation firstly by total allegiance to God. The issue is not in life, it's not whether you get what you want. It's not whether you uh, accomplish what you think God wants you to accomplish. It is you have to have total allegiance to God, Matthew 4.10. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord, your God, and him only you shall serve. (coughs) You shall worship the Lord, your God, and him only shall you serve. So I have watched through the years. There are people, they're like, good. Yes, Pastor, man, they are helpful. They're they're passionate. They're they're hardworking because they have in their mind something they're going to get. And then, for various reasons, it becomes clear they're not going to get what they want, and that it spins them out. I can't, I can't work anymore. I can't, I can't pray anymore. I can't cooperate anymore. I'm not getting what I want. So then, what you want was a god, along with God. And Jesus says, No. Even if I don't get what I want, I'm going to do the will of God. Some people it's it's success, it's numbers, it's money, it's it's attention. If I if my church grows to a certain size, I have a certain standard of living and I get a certain amount of attention, then I can continue if I'm not getting that then I, I well then that's another God, isn't it? You've made that a God. Or, uh, you know, there, there are people, this is what uh, this is what I've always wanted to do. That's No, that's not going to work. You're not going to do that. They spin out because they have other gods. So, the issue is not do you get what you want. It is not do you get to do what you think God wants you to do. The issue is I am going to serve God. I am going to worship God. That's how you overcome that temptation. And secondly, you overcome this temptation by taking the long view. Often as a disciple and often in ministry, it seems hard right now. And sometimes it seems to make sense to compromise. Like, okay, uh, man, do we have to really mess with their fornicating teenager Uh, why don't we just let it go because they're so involved and they give money and they're helpful and uh and so the issue is trusting god god's way and god's timing is better than mine it's always better to do right always and sometimes doing right is no fun if you think serving God or being a disciple is simply a matter of every day you wake up and it's like, woohoo, man, I get to do the will of God again today, it's not. Sometimes it's really hard. It's really expensive. It's it's no fun, but it has to be done. You have to take the long view. It will be worth it in the end. I cannot measure by what's happening right now. He's he's alone in the middle of the desert. You're not very powerful here, are you? Yeah, but in the end, I'm going to be. And then, of course, he overcomes in all of these temptations by his devotion to the word of God. Is it here is temptation? I don't I don't think that I have ever been tempted by the devil himself. This is the devil himself. This is not one of his demons. This is not one of his minions. The devil himself, with all of his evil power, And each time Jesus defeats him by saying, it is written, it is written, it is written. You overcome the strategies of hell, especially when the Word of God is a part of your life. People who read God's Word, men who read God's Word, put it in their heart. Use this in crucial moments of time. Here's the the point. Think about this. Jesus is on the mountain out in the middle of the desert. There are other people in the cities, in the towns, in Nazareth, in Jerusalem, all that. They have no idea what's going on in the mountain. But their very future depends on Jesus saying, No, I'm not giving in. That's, That's true for you. Maybe it is you're working on your job and they're trying to force you to compromise and you're thinking, does it really matter? It really does. Because while you're alone working out some of these issues, there are people in other cities and they don't even know you and you don't know them, but it really matters. And Someday, when you see what God does, you're going to say, thank God I didn't give in to the temptation, I was able to, to do the will of God. Okay, let's open for questions. Something you want to ask, something this would bring up. Clearly, no one here has any problems with power and glory. (laughs) Thinking, thinking. Over here, Frank. I've just all kind of wondered when the devil says, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me, how much of that is true as far as he really has the power to give that? And how much of that is lying? Yeah. Yeah, when I was when I was studying this, this is an obvious an obvious question that is debated back and forth. Uh, you know, best I could come up with is, I suppose he could cause, uh, you know, help some people to come along to your to your meetings or something. But at the end of the day, he's a liar, so <laughs> it's. It's like someone you know. Isn't that one of those ancient riddles? If a liar tells you he knows the location of the buried treasure, do you believe him? (laughs) Or worse yet, if a liar says he's a liar? (laughs) Does that tell the truth? I I don't know, Frank. There's no way of knowing that. So it it had to have some validity or it wouldn't be a real temptation. But exactly how that works out, I'm not sure. Uh, let's, Let's put it this way. Have you seen... Have you seen some of these absolutely no-talent singers or bands? And they're like totally famous. So apparently the devil does have some ability. Because it's like, <laughs> that guy can't even sing. How is he making millions? So apparently the devil does have some power to, to influence. So, But how exactly, I don't know. And, and no, I don't think anybody will be able to fully explain that. Somebody else. David? Um, I've, I've been in a few of those situations that you're, that you're describing, but um, one of the things that's been mysterious to me, a question that I have about it is um, a lot of times the situations when um, there can be two decisions that you could make, but you're not sure which way to go, and neither one of them really seems like it's evil. Like sure. Almost. So those type of situations, how do you evaluate them? No, because obviously you can't make one choice yeah but you're just talking about guidance you're not talking about a temptation okay, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a different thing guidance is something that God will guide people you know we've, we've talked in various ways where God is able to guide this is a temptation yeah this is something that actually can be destructive so and and, and this doesn't happen every day right Not not every decision is a You know, if I had cornflakes or if I had, you know, Lucky Charms this morning, does my future depend on it, you know? Lucky Charms are tempting, though. Yeah, magically delicious, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody else? With the drug dealer asking you about the building, was that something that you had previously made it stand with in your own life and dealt with and that's why you were able or was it a really tough decision where it was kind of a defining moment Did you... I don't think it was it wasn't tough in that um, no it, it wasn't tough like I was really on the edge like should I do it should I do it you know no I, I knew that this was not good the moment he started in that this is not good because I, I, I know how uh, I, had, I had pastored in the township long enough to understand how people think, and in, their, in the gossip culture, in the, the way drug, uh, drugs and corruption it absolutely infiltrates and corrupts everything. So in that sense, I, I was not personally tempted like I was really thinking about doing it. I, I knew this was not good. I wanted nothing to do with drug money. So, and you understand, I mean, it, it's, it's possible a drug dealer could come in and uh, you not know who he is and drop a bit of money in the plate. That would be different. I don't, I don't, every dollar, we don't forensically examine, you know. <laughs> every, wait, 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 before we give, like, fill out this questionnaire. Yeah. But, I mean, that's something that it was known. Uh, I asked beforehand, who is this guy? and uh so I knew who he was before I started the meeting I just didn't know what he wanted until he opened his mouth i had I had no clue why a drug dealer wanted to talk to me you know I was hoping it was anyone to get saved yep so uh, in running the drama group uh, being in the 180 I had passed my job back in the day when I asked him about the drama group and all that. He had mentioned that we're not there to entertain people. We're there to preach the gospel to people. So temptation sometimes I think with me and the drama group (coughs) is to try to base my skits off of you know what's going to make people laugh. What's going to make them, you know what I mean, what's going to appeal to and then shoehorn the gospel. So I try to build my skits around gospel premise and then make it as creative as possible. Is yeah. that the right approach or Yeah, sure. And then you have to have the variety factor as well. You know, you, you can go the other way. When I took over my first church, uh, they say you know, you often will have special music. But instead of special music they had a special drama. So this is the the last service for the previous guy and so uh, the Grim Reaper came and dragged somebody off to hell. It's was like, wow, there you go. <laughs> I don't know what the message is there, but it was like, okay. You know, so it's, that's great. You know, I didn't have a drama team in my pioneer church, so this was kind of cool. So then we had our first concert, and the Grim Reaper came and dragged someone off to hell. <laughs> like, okay. And so we did an outreach, and the Grim Reaper came and dragged somebody. I was like, you know, I'm sensing a theme here. And I asked him, I said, you know, I kind of noticed there's a lot of people being dragged off to hell in your skits. And and he made the classic comment. He says, to me, it's just not a good skit unless somebody goes to hell. (laughs) So I said, you know, maybe a little bit of humor would Maybe that would be a, a little bit of variety would help. So you can go, you can go either way. So, yes, you are there to, uh, you know, the point of humor is to make people think. You can use that to expose the illogical nature of sin and, uh, and whatever. So, yeah, so, but it's, it is, it's tempting to, uh, in, in whatever you do for God, that's true in preachers. Preachers, because I think Pastor Ruby, he he ministered talking about people's response, which can be, amen, amen, but another response. I've known guys that there was a a guy that Pastor Mitchell and I, we, like Donald Trump, we dubbed him. (laughs) We have nicknamed him for life. He's the entertainer, because in every sermon, he was very funny, and so he made sermons, basically comedy routines. And he would be up there hamming it up for ages. And oh, yeah, by the way, you need to do right. So that is a temptation. So it's, it's variety. Yes, you do need, but, but on the other hand, you don't have no humor. And that could be too, too extreme. And then in, in the same night, probably two different types would be if you're doing two, I would say. Right? Common sense. The temptation for keeping people in your church despite their um, lifestyle. Um, at what point is it necessary to deal with them with if you know, they're living in sin, fornication? Yeah, well, I've done whole. I mean, whole lessons on this. There's a there's a timing factor. The bottom line is when you first uh, they have to be a part of. You know, let it be known that they're a part of your church uh, before you start dealing with their morals. So, in other words, someone who – I'm not going to meet people at the door. Hi, welcome to the Potter's House. Are, are you involved sexually with anybody? Are you married, legally married? Can I see a video evidence and letter from the Pope? Yeah. You know, so you don't do that. Uh, a one-time visitor is not the not the person you're dealing with. But someone gets saved, they come back a few times. You know, there, I, I've done whole lessons on that about the strategy and, and how and, you know, there's a first conversation – a follow-up conversation, an ultimatum, you know, there's all kinds of things. But it has to be done. And we were, uh, when I was running, uh, maybe 15 people. Yeah, I think I was running 15 people when I was pioneering. Had a girl who was living with a guy, and she brought four kids, so I talked to her, and she didn't want to get married, so I lost five out of 15 that was a bummer a third of my church and at least it reminded me I had forgotten there was a a sweet little old lady she was uh well in her 60s might have even been early 70s and finally some of our people said pastor this lady's living with this man they've never gotten married and it was one of those that would affect their uh our version of social security if they got married I'm like and I gotta put Grandma out of the church, <laughs> and I did. She wouldn't get married. I had to, had to, gotta go. So yeah. Anyway, that's, that's a whole lesson, a strategy in itself. Bottom line, it has to be done. If you're gonna build for the future, you gotta deal with morals. Somebody else. I've been in churches before where the, a lot of the people that are in ministry are very uh, flattering towards the pastor. That was a wonderful sermon. Just being you know, really. Does that fall into the same category where that could be a temptation for the pastor not to deal with stuff because they yeah, speak, sure. speak good about you? Yeah, you know, you've you've heard me say in various things, if you have major insecurity issues, you really should work those out before you go out. Because ministry's a bummer when you are filled with rejection and insecurity. And that that's one of the ways. Is if you are desperate for people's approval if my worth as a human being has not been settled, I don't know who I am, then I'm susceptible when people come in, you know. But if, if you settle that issue, that kind of temptation is not, it doesn't have much effect on you, you know. Personally, people who are overly flattering to me, I'm suspicious. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting, as like a sales. <coughs> To me, it's a sale. You ever, have you ever gone to a, a salesman of some kind, a car, you know, in a store, a major appliance, something, and they go, hey, you're looking good today. And I'm thinking, sure. <laughs> you, you could come in just like the cat vomited you up. And you, hey, you're looking good today. <laughs> this guy wants something. So, so personally, people that are overly flattering, like like religious people, that's something that you know we often talk about religious people that's what religious people they have been they have been trained that that's the way to get power is to flatter you know i get somebody who i'm meeting in a funky little storefront building our music is horrible and they come and just i just love your church i love your church i'm thinking you know and they've just come from a mega church and they just love uh, there's something wrong here you know i love our church but uh, what do you really want so uh, but uh, the, the major thing of, of that is is if if there's something in you that needs that that's dangerous in life that's dangerous in power that's dangerous morally that's dangerous, that's dangerous in lots of areas you have to work those things out in yourself somebody else Right. Is it common for new converts to almost immediately face some of these temptations? And if so, should you, you know? <coughs> like when I look back to when I got saved first six months, I was like, I don't know, I feel like the devil was offering me a lot of things. And um, I made the right choices. Yeah. Um, but I do have to say, like some of those, I feel like my pastor told me ahead of time, just these kind of things might come your way, you need to make right choices. Is that common? That that really that happens, or is it like was it just I, circumstantial? I, yeah? Uh, you know, temptation is unique to each person, isn't it? You know, so I I don't know. I, I'm not sure, and uh, obviously the answer is not every single person in church that you warn them of all the possible uh, all the possible temptations and strategies of hell which I suspect sometimes I see people talking at the altars like what are you telling them talking for a long time (laughs) let me tell you about strategy number 97 (laughs) (laughs) this is an evil one (laughs) you know you freak people out maybe have relationship you know it would be common Yeah, you know, I I I can can say that there have been people I've known. um, I I have known their situation or I've known them personally, so I'm able to give them, uh, you know, some advice. People people who are dealing with addictions, if they continue in their old relationships, they won't make it. That's just crucial. I mean, that's that's a, that would be a common sense one. Someone comes and says, "I want, I want to get off meth. I want to get off heroin." Okay, so what's going to determine that is your friends in many ways. Now that you've made a decision, right? That's part of the process. So I guess there would be some validity to that. Obviously, in in a large church, you can't. So God has to, uh, God has to do miracles. True conversion is an absolute miracle. I've tried the information method. I've tried the headlock method. I've, I've tried force. You will change. Uh, and ultimately, is God is better at it than me. So you got to pray and believe for a miracle. John? So this scenario that in the Bible played out in real life. The pastor did, uh, received a hundred hundred plus people over the weekend ends up going to a conference and hosting how this church uh, it, you know, expanded a hundred people and the, the, the real end of the story was with all those people it was a church sport. Yeah. they ended up going to the church and this opened the doors to uh, women prophesying on the pulpit and preaching and we yeah. ended up losing the church because here's a guy who wanted a shortcut to Yep. Yep. Aren't no, aren't any shortcuts, I can tell you. None that are worth it. Very good.